This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the weekly Unpacking It Facebook Live podcast, where we unpack the very latest in sports, faith, and life. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, from his mouth to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to a special edition of the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. Luke Heaton's here. Henry Bienname is here. And we are ready to react to the crazy NFL week. Yeah, it's March Madness. And so on Monday's live show, we are going to dive into all the madness in regards to college basketball. But today we're going to discuss the madness in the NFL and just some really big stories, big movement. And I'm left with a lot of questions, some thoughts to unpack. And so we are doing this special show that we were recording on Friday as we, we take a look at all that took place in the NFL this week. And so we will do Unpack This uh, in just a little bit, and it'll be about Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and this idea that one of them left and one of them stayed. And it was the right answer for either one of them, even though the answer was different for each of them. Let that soak in. So how does that relate to our own lives? How does that relate to the Bible? And, and we will unpack that in a moment. Uh, let, me, let me thank our presenting sponsor. We are brought to you by MediShare. MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. MediShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. They've been around more than 25 years. My wife and I, we have been members for over five years. MediShare has provided us with an affordable and effective way to pay for healthcare and you can go to metashare.com slash unpacking it or text the word unpack to the number 201-201 and get some information to figure out if MetaShare is the right fit for you and your family. All right, Luke, where do we begin? Aaron Rodgers is back. Russell Wilson is gone. Carson Wentz is going to Washington. What in the world? Khalil Mack going to the Chargers. <laughs> Let me say this first. I am on the Chargers bandwagon. It's March. I'm on it. I don't care that Russell Wilson went to Denver. I'm on the Chargers bandwagon. That's the team I've got in the AFC West. So write it down, mark it down. Here we go. But how you doing? What do you think of the week? Well, I'll tell you this. I am probably not as much on the Chargers bandwagon as you. My perspective is I want nothing to do with the AFC. I want nothing to do with the AFC. If I am a general manager, if I'm a quarterback, if I'm a head coach, the NFC right now is perhaps the most wide open it has ever been in the history of the NFL. Now, that is probably recency bias. I'm sure there's longtime NFL fans that could say, oh, well, this decade or these couple of years. But in my lifetime, there has never been a better opportunity to be in the NFC and go on a Super Bowl run. 
because all of the best quarterbacks are in the AFC. The AFC West, their four quarterbacks might on average be better than the four best quarterbacks in the entire NFC. It's unbelievable. With Mahomes, Carr, Herbert, and now Russell Wilson in the same division? That's why I never thought Aaron Rodgers was going to go to Denver because I don't know why he would volunteer himself to that competition when he can stay in a weak division in a weak conference and just continue going, just continue dominating. So that's kind of my perspective. I'm also, uh, as a Cowboys fan, uh, I'm trying to convince myself of what I just said because as a Cowboys fan, we have a top four quarterback in the conference now (laughs) with Dak. Top four quarterback in the conference. So it's... I want to convince myself of what I just said to make myself feel more encouraged heading into next season. I like it. So the uh, the idea that Russell Wilson lands in Denver is, of course, very intriguing. And, and I'm just left with you know a few questions and, and, and thoughts in this regard. One, you know, what really happened in Seattle? And does Pete Carroll really want to be a part of a rebuild? And why couldn't they make this work with with Russell Wilson? Somebody who won a Super Bowl, got to another Super Bowl, yet they couldn't ride this out. Because we just saw in Green Bay, they figured it out. They made it work with their franchise guy that they won a Super Bowl with. And they said, no, we're, we're keeping Rodgers. We're going to do whatever it takes. And they did. And I, I'm not so sure that Rodgers ever really was considering leaving Green Bay. I, I don't know. It's just he's so hard to figure out. It's really hard to to understand what went on behind the scenes. But, you know, listening to Pat McAfee, it, it does seem that retirement was the more likely alternative than him trying to maneuver away to another franchise. Um, so that's interesting. But with with Russell Wilson, you know, I, I guess I, I go to this this. I don't know what to make of Russell Wilson. Like, do I think he's a great quarterback? Do I think he's a great guy? Is he is he hard to to kind of pin down as well? It's like I don't know. Am I a fan of his or is he too is he too nice? Is Russell Wilson too nice? Like too buttoned up that it just doesn't seem real? <laughs> like there's a little bit of that. Um hmm. actually two people that I respect have those feelings, so it kind of made me have those feelings. Um, I've never met Russell Wilson, so it's, it's just as a fan. Like we're just judging this as a fan. I don't, I don't know his heart. I don't know who he is, uh, yeah. you know, day to day. So but you think just, he's kind of like he he could potentially be kind of like Carson Wentz? Well, and then with, that leads regarding the character stuff. Well, and then that leads to the other question too. You know, Carson Wentz, what is the deal? What's what is wrong? Like what what happened? In Philadelphia, well, we kind of know what happened in Philadelphia because they won without him. So that 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 made it very hard for him to stay. But in Indy, I was all in. As a Colts fan, I root for the Colts. I love Frank Reich. And I was all in on this decision. I even had Carson Wentz on my fantasy team last year, and he cost me. He cost me as a Colts fan. He cost me as a fantasy owner. Very frustrated. So I am officially off the Carson Wentz bandwagon. I'm not, I'm not riding that to Washington. So hmm. just uh, I'll, I'll declare that today. Um, but but I do have a lot of concerns and questions with with Wentz, and you know he's he's very outspoken about his faith, and so I, I don't want to question his faith, but but I want to uh, wonder, wait, what happens in the locker room? Why doesn't he connect with the team, and why did 
did Frank Reich put his his head out? Stick his head out. What's the saying? Stick your stick his stick neck his out. Neck out. There you go. Thank you. you got to stick your neck out. There's your, there's your cliche for the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, he stuck his neck out, and he was then willing to move on after one season. Mm-hmm. And the play for most of the year was actually above average. And in the NFL, sometimes if, if you're above average, yeah. that's okay. Well, his touchdown to interception ratio was good. Very you solid. Look at his on on paper, you look at his numbers, and you see, oh wow. Pretty good season. Yeah. yeah. What happened? And then it's you watch the games and there's there's unbelievable moments. Like the the Colts uh Cardinals game this year, big win for the Colts. I Carson Wentz is a has transcendent talent moments or game a couple games, but then he has real low lows as well. It's just a perplexing it's a perplexing thing. With Carson Wentz, because it, we would all agree he has showed he has done enough for teams to say we need to take a flyer on this guy. Like we have seen Bro. what his ceiling is. I mean, what yeah, what his ceiling is, and it is one of the highest ceilings in the league. But his floor is so low Oof. and he just has some of these moments where you think, wait, what just happened? It's It's all very interesting. But the fact that the Colts just wanted him out of the building, I just find that's very head scratching. That's a big statement. Yeah. Now, I guess I'm, I don't know if I'm quoting. Yeah, I'm just that. That was the feeling, though. It was like we're getting. We're, they were all ready to move on. Ursay Ballard yeah. and 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 even Frank Reich. Frank Reich apparently had to apologize to Ursay for vouching for Wentz because it didn't it didn't turn out. And this is an interesting thing in life too when you vouch for somebody. I'm always nervous to do it. Like I'm, I'm not willing to do it for many people. Like to recommend someone for a job or rec- like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how someone is going to be for somebody else. Or that's a good point because you know then I mean? like, you're personally invested, and there's almost this, this anxiety of now you have to watch. Wait, are they going to live up to what I said? And you're kind of watching right. to make sure that they're holding up their end of the bargain. Because it's a reflection on me. So it, it it's, when you think about it, 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 vouching for someone and being serious about it is a big deal. It really is. Like, I, I know there's very few people that I'm, I'm comfortable enough that I trust them fully that, oh, yeah, you could, oh, yeah, you can count on them type of thing. In some ways that's sad, but that's just kind of the reality of life. But, but that's what coaches and GMs have to do. And and Frank Reich was willing to do that for Wentz. He was around him enough, and then it just didn't work out. And they only gave him one year to try it out. One year, like they didn't, they weren't willing to run it back. And, and that's that's very interesting. Very uh, interesting. And then, and then from Washington's standpoint, not sure what they're thinking. Like not sure what they're you know to, to, they're not even giving Fitzpatrick a try. It seems like Fitzpatrick's going to leave, so he's got to go to Buffalo, right? Fitzpatrick has to go be the yeah. backup in Buffalo. That has yeah. to happen. So let's yeah. lock that in. Um, and then it does seem like Trubisky all of a sudden becomes this hot name in quarterback circles, which has been fascinating. Like people are ready to give him another shot. Even Marcus Mariota, his name's getting thrown around as getting another shot yeah. somewhere. Um, well, I think it's the biggest takeaway for me from all of this is the demand for a top-tier quarterback 
is just so unbelievably high. Yeah. Like there, there are two categories of NFL teams. You you have a franchise quarterback or you don't. That's the reality of the NFL with how the NFL has developed rule changes, style of play. It's we protect the quarterback with the rules. And if you throw the ball well, if you have a franchise quarterback that can throw the ball well and can lead your team, you're an, you have a chance to win. So for the Broncos, we're giving up a fortune for Russell Wilson. For the Packers, hey, Aaron Rodgers, we'll pay you whatever you want. We'll give you a blank check. And then for these other teams, for the Commanders, they see a guy like Wentz who the Colts are not happy with, and they see – this is just me, my, my opinion on what the Commanders would see in Wentz is we see a guy that has potential for transcendent talent. We've seen him play unbelievable. Yeah, we're going to give him a shot because we have no other option – so it's worth a shot. And then for a guy like Trubisky, he was a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. And maybe a team saying, wait, Trubisky was drafted that high for a reason. What if we gave him another shot and he became a franchise quarterback? So it's, the, the name of the game is how can we get a top tier quarterback? And teams are willing to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes, sacrifice the future, all of that to get the guy. And, and the, the pride of these coaches and GMs or the confidence that they have that, oh, no, it'll work with us. You know, for Washington to think that Carson Wentz had success with Frank Reich in Philly, and then it, he, Frank Reich couldn't get it out of him in, in Indy when they had an unbel- the best running back in the yeah. league. And Frank Reich and, was like the horse whisperer. He was the guy, oh, well, yeah. Frank Reich can, can get Wentz to back to where he was on a great team. He didn't. And he didn't. And so a, yeah. now Washington, Ron Rivera, defensive guy. Uh, I don't even know who their offensive coordinator is. Is it Turner? Scott Turner, maybe? Um, they're thinking, oh, yeah, no, we'll bring Wentz in. And now all of a sudden, he's going to get things going. I, that's just, that's very interesting to me. And then when you go back to Russell Wilson in Denver, oh, this is a rookie head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, we don't know what he can do. We know that he was great because Aaron Rodgers made him look great, right? I mean, I, I don't know. I can't separate Hackett from Rodgers. Um, so now he gets this head coaching job in Denver. He, he he does luck out getting Russell Wilson. But I just wonder the last few years in Seattle, what has gone on? I mean, think about Russell Wilson had Tyler Lockett and uh, DK, DK Metcalf. Yeah. And listen, two not this past year, but the year before, he had a monster. Russell Wilson did put up big numbers, but they weren't winning. And so can Russell Wilson carry a team? Because the team that won the Super Bowl, he did not carry. That was a defensive team. That was a Marshawn yeah. Lynch team yeah. uh, that went, that won one and lost one. And and so since then, I don't I don't think he's carried them very far. As as he puts up good numbers, he appears to be like oh he's he's got to be a good leader. I, but I don't know. I don't know if that translates. So this, I think the overriding response this week has been oh Denver now a Super Bowl contender. I'm not willing to go there. I, I don't know. I'm not as sold hmm. on on the fit. Now, from a sta- from the standpoint of, do you want Teddy Bridgewater or Russell Wilson? Well, yeah. Do you want Drew Locke or Russell Wilson? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll take I'll take my chances with Wilson. So it does, definitely makes you better. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not willing to say that. Oh, it's just like the Rams. They got Matthew Stafford. Sean McVay has proven he's an unbelievable coach. So we already know that. And Stafford, to me, was carrying the Lions. It's not like he had. Carrying. 
you know, I mean, the it, that was a struggling franchise and he shined in the midst of that. Yeah. Um, so, so that's why, again, I was reading on the athletic about the, all things, Russell Wilson and, and the Broncos things that I was reading is, and from you and I, from just watching football, the Broncos had one of the more talented rosters in the NFL. The defense, the defensive side of the ball in Denver, unbelievable, G- really good defense, and they have weapons on offense. They're rookie, they're rookie running back, uh, and they have a couple Jumante of receivers. Williams, very good. Um, they have Judy, a couple. Of, yeah, yeah, really good weapons, Patrick. But again, to what I was saying, it's do you have a franchise quarterback or not? It is hard, no matter how good your roster is, to win without a top tier guy. So for from from Denver's perspective, it's a no brainer. We're gonna sacrifice the future because our roster is good now. We're gonna give up a lot for a guy like Russell Wilson, who in the right circumstance is elite. I agree with you though, Russell Wilson is not like an Aaron Rodgers type in that no matter the circumstances he's gonna shine. Matthew Stafford seems to be the guy that no matter who's on his team, he's a gunslinger who's just, he's going to put up numbers. But what I was reading is we have to remember that Russell Wilson's 5'11". He's short. And what Russell Wilson, what he's great at is the deep ball. And when his Super Bowl winning team, really good defense. There was a running game. So teams weren't able to just sit back and play coverage. Because for a 5'11 guy like Russell Wilson, he can't see the middle of the field. He Those check down passes, those middle of the field passes are hard. So in Seattle, they haven't really had a run game, right? So if they don't have Carson's a run game, a can lot. teams just kind of sit back and take away Russell Wilson's best attribute, which is the deep ball? So I, I was kind of reading that, and it was fascinating that Maybe you're onto something, Bryce. Have we maybe overstated the Russell Wilson narrative that just throw him into any situation, he'll turn it around? Maybe that's not the case. Now, of but we do need to we do need to pair that with, of course, he's an elite quarterback and he's really, really, really good. But to think of him like an Aaron Rodgers type, I don't think so. I not on that. No, he's not on that level. Um, I, you know, again, I like the Chargers. I'm excited about Justin Herbert. I want to see. I want to see him this year. Um, so I, I think he's he's the one that I'm I'm most intrigued by in that in that division. And Josh McDaniels with Derek Carr is is very intriguing. And then when it comes to the the Chiefs, you know, what I thought about today is the Chief and Chris, our producer, won't like this, but is the Chiefs kind of dynasty with this core? Is it over as far as winning another Super Bowl? And it doesn't mean Mahomes is done. Like, I, I could see Mahomes making another run even you know later in his career or something. But th- their window, I, j- I, I don't know. Like, Tyron Matthews gone. Like, what? Who's their running back? Kelsey's getting old. I think Kelsey will be fine. Kelsey's old. Kelsey and Hill, I guess, those, you know, those two weapons in particular are still there. But... I just don't know if the Chiefs, now that their division gets tougher and tougher, they're not going to be walking walking into any Super Bowl anytime soon. Um, well, which is why... Not the fight to get there in a big way. Which is why the Chargers trading for Khalil Mack is huge because they realize 
we have to go all in now. The standard in your division alone is Patrick Mahomes, a sneaky good Raiders team with Derek Carr, who's a, a good quarterback, and now Russell Wilson. And the Chargers, their downfall last year was, my goodness, their defensive line outside of Joey Bosa, their defense was not good last year. So you have a quarterback in Justin Herbert. Take advantage of that right now, which, again, we talked about the model that the the fact that the Rams won the Super Bowl, that is all the evidence I think a lot of these front office guys need on we the new is the new model. We're going all in now. Yeah, we'll sacrifice six years from now. But my gosh, we have to go all in now. The, it worked for the Rams. The That's Rams right. could be an absolute disaster in four seasons. We shall see. But they won a Super Bowl. That's right. They loaded up now. Speaking of the Rams, I do wonder, will they be hungry enough to get back? Or will they be like the Bucs? Because it seems like they might bring a lot of players back. I um, think they have. they be like the Bucs. They kind have of players out. that I think set the tone culture-wise. Like a, like a Cooper Cup in the locker room. I think he's hungry. I think we've seen enough from Aaron Donald that he can be hungry again. But immediately after the Super Bowl, it seemed like, oh, they got their Super Bowl. <laughs> now they're all going to retire. I know. <laughs> I don't know. McVay I, and I, Donald not even I'm being not, in the NFL anymore. I'm not so. I'm not as sold on the Rams running it back. I think it's really hard to do that. Um, and so but, I'm a little hesitant with that. But being in the NFC, they got a it's shot. Possible. Now, if they see how wide open it is, it's wait. Yeah, we actually could run it back. We could get to the Super Bowl fairly easily in reg- in comparison to the AFC. So I guess why not try to? Yeah. There's never been an easier opportunity. Well, no, yeah, just it's just really we don't see teams run it back. No, I agree. Often. Denver, I agree. New England. You know, there's there's been times. Yeah, I guess Dallas, even Buffalo, going to four straight and losing is a big deal, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just with the, the fact that they were veterans, some of them older players, um, you got to have that extra gear of motivation. That extra gear of motivation gets you through because the NFL is very tight. It's it's competitive. The, the, yeah. the, the margin of error is right there, and sometimes it's just that extra level of focus and motivation that separates well, even, everything. Even think just in, in, from just a human psychological standpoint, but for this season in the playoffs, they're thinking we have to win. If we don't win a Super Bowl, failure. Now, whether that's true or not, but that's probably the mindset. This next season, oh, we got to win the Super Bowl. But in the back of their minds, well, if we don't win, we still ha- we still already have one. That's right. That's a real thought. And, and, and that yeah, so- could that prevent that just that extra gear necessary? Yeah. So I, you you do bring up a good point. And Russell Wilson has already won one. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers has already won one, even though it seems like Rodgers needs that second one. I'm not sure Wilson. I, I don't know what it's Wilson to me is just an interesting guy. It's like, what, who is he in the, in the scope of the NFL history? Where does he land? Like to me, he's not even necessarily, I mean, he's don't get me wrong. He's a national quarterback. Everybody knows who he is. He's a household name, that kind of thing. Dating C- or married to Sierra uh, adds to that. But I'm not sure, like, he's not on the level of, yeah, Mahomes or Rodgers, you know, Brady, like, those kind of guys in regards to, like, fans and following. Like, oh, oh, I'm a Russell Wilson guy. Like, I don't care where Russell Wilson's playing, I'm a guy. 
I'm, that's my guy. I think Seattle Seahawks fans loved him for a long time, um, but I'm not sure he translates to like other fan bases as much as some of those other guys. Whereas you, like his growing up right now are Mahomes fans. Like they love Mahomes. Um, and I think, you know, diehard NFL people are like, oh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I love watching him play. Now, some of his shenanigans have turned people off. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's an interesting thing, too. And one last thing with now Russell Wilson goes to Denver. It's fascinating to me that Denver isn't the national brand or the national fan base either, like the Steelers or the Packers or the Cowboys. Um, New England never really cracked into that either. But Denver's won Super Bowls. They've had John Elway. They had Peyton Manning. But they still don't seem to have the big following that you'd think or that I would think. Um, Does Wilson change that? Do they get now a whole new fan base? Like how many people that were rooting for Russell Wilson – in Seattle, does that translate to Denver? I don't know because we like to talk about that. Detroit fans were pulling for Stafford in the Super Bowl. Does that? Yeah, does that but I don't think Russell way? Wilson burned bridges with Seattle fans. I would say to counter you your point, he did. I think he did. Uh, I think he did a little bit. Not to fans though. Maybe, Maybe in the fans. front office, but fans haven't seen any of those things. It's just speculation. To counter your point on Denver's national fan base. It sure felt like they were the number one team in the world when they played the Cowboys this year. They took over Jerry World. Oh, it was unbelievable. Really? They oh, took wow. it over. That's surprising. So it was. Okay. It was. Hey, it was shocking. Close, I mean, relatively close. It was shocking, though. It was a sea of orange that wow. game. Okay, maybe my theory's wrong. I don't know. But you posted even in our Facebook group. Hey, any Denver fans? I there there wasn't any. And, and so, I don't know. I don't know many Denver. To your point, I don't no. know many Denver fans. Uh-uh. Especially that they've never been to Denver. Like it's not a household home. name like some of that, like the Niners, the, the Steelers. But they've won a good amount. I mean, no, they've, I they've been very relevant. So I it's interesting to me. All right, let's say let's say hey hey to Henry real quick, get his thoughts. Uh then we'll jump into to unpack this after that. Um but but Henry, what have you made of the week and, and what was kind of the big big takeaway for you and what what jumped out? And uh, just to go along with you guys talking about the um, the quarterbacks, there are three types of quarterbacks, in my opinion, in the NFL. There are quarterbacks, <clears throat> excuse me, that you win because of. Your Aaron Rodgers, your Tom, your now retired Tom Brady's, your Patrick Everybody Mahomes, <laughs> your Patrick Mahomes. Those are guys that you won because he was on the team. And then you got your guys that you can win with. In other words, you don't need them to do much. You need them to do their job when they're on the field. And I believe that's where uh, Russell Wilson falls in. Your Russell Wilsons. And maybe on Josh Allen is kind of on the brink of mm. being a quarterback that you win with, you win because of. As opposed to yet. Yep. As he hasn't gotten there yet, but he's definitely on the high list of guys that you win with. I would rather have Josh Allen than I would have Russell Wilson, at least right now anyway. And then there are guys that you win in spite of. And that's where you get your Jimmy Garoppolo's. That's where you have right now your Carson Wentz's. Those are the quarterbacks that get the that get the success, that get the acknowledgement. It's like somebody it's like somebody buying, driving a Maserati. And you just happen to look good because of the Maserati. The car you didn't make the car look good. The car made you look good. You just happened you just happened to be the guy driving. The perfect example of that historically is Trent Dilfer. 
Yeah. Trent Dilfer will go down as a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but mm. everybody knows it was the Baltimore defense that was driving the train. I wonder uh I wonder what my Sonata does. Do I make my Sonata look good or is my Hyundai Sonata <laughs> make me look good? Well, I will say Sonata, it, is, it is a driving machine. That Hyundai, Hyundai Sonata. Sonata can go. I'm not oh, even yeah. going to lie about that. Oh, yeah. My pastor has a Hyundai Sonata, and he let me drive him one day because we were going somewhere, and that thing could go. Well, I know Bryce has a Jeep. He's, he's tossing out the Jeep wave left and right, driving up in Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've moved. I've, I, my wife and I switched. She has the Jeep now. Ooh. So Ooh. I'm in a Kia. I'm in a Kia. Ooh. Oh, all she right. gave you the Kia? Kia. Well, we, yeah. Wow. But um, but but anyway, so uh, no good. That's a good comparison, um, Henry. And and yeah, I remember sometime last year we we did this whole thing where I went through a bunch of NFL quarterbacks and said franchise guy, starter, or backup. And there this past year, there were a lot of guys that were starting in the NFL that I viewed as more of a backup. And what's interesting is some of those guys that were actual backups last year are now being reevaluated as potential starters. I'm not sure that any of those guys have proved to be franchise guys. That's a big step. Um, but then, Henry, yeah. you've taken it kind of a step further. Yeah, who do you, do you win because of them? Um, so it's a, good, uh, it's a good debate. So we'll, we'll talk more quarterbacks, uh, you know, coming up in the next month or so, especially with free agency. But the fact that Fragile Jimmy still is high on people's lists is very interesting. Um, Again, I... That, like I just think the demand. Fan, I, don't, I don't want Jimmy G. I, no, thank you. The I'm, demand I'm warrants it, though, because there's such a shortage of franchise guys. If, if if Carson wins, if teams are trading for Carson Wentz, which the fact that the commanders traded for him when Wentz could have been cut means there was demand for multiple teams. The commander's thinking our only chance of getting him is trading for him. If Wentz has demand, Jimmy, G's, Jimmy G has demand because he's won in the postseason. No matter what we think of his play, it's the demand is there. It is such a short supply, but the the, the demand is the single cause of reevaluating backups because oh we got to find a guy. Well, we might as well reevaluate guys to see if maybe they've developed and uh, quarterbacks that teams went in, in spite of. Well, maybe let's evaluate them and maybe they do bring something to the table. I think the demand is so high, guys are going to get second chances. But again, well, back to if, if you're if, if the 49ers are willing to give up Jimmy G, then I don't want him. I don't want it, like they see it up close and they can't trust him health wise either. To me, if you have a quarterback that's banged up all the time, he's not a franchise guy. I, I'm sorry because Henry, yeah, you know, Eli Manning was always there. Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. other than the one year he was out, and yeah. same with uh, Tom Brady, the one year he was out. I agree. Peyton, with that. I guess, got injured a little bit toward that toward the end when Brock Osweiler played in Denver. But you know, these guys were healthy all the time. Aaron yeah. Rodgers is always healthy. Brett Brady. Favre was always healthy. Yeah, that's 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 what's what's needed. Yeah, so. by def- by definition, a franchise guy is a guy that you he is the face of the team. For example, Peyton Manning was the face of the Indianapolis Colts. Eli Manning is the face of the New York Giants. Uh, um, Carson Wentz was supposed to be the face. of of the Philadelphia Eagles, but he wound up leaving. Then he was supposed to be the face of the Indianapolis Colts. Well, now he's on his third team. Is he the face of anything, or is he just, or is he a, what we call a jag, just another guy? Huh. 
He's mm. ju- he's just an, he's just poor, another poor guy Jaguars fans. Their whole team is just another guy. Yeah, that's tough. Well, Doug well, this, down there. At least at least their quarterback is is a guy. Their yeah. quarterback was the number one draft pick. He's a guy that you can build around. Carson Wentz, and we always give Carson Wentz what I've heard this long runway. Oh, he was almost an MVP candidate. <laughs> yeah, three years ago. Well, longer than that. Was it three? It was. It was tw- I think it was twenty nineteen. Is that when they won their Super Bowl? 2018, 2019. I think it was 2018. I think it was 2018. You might be right. But Carson Wentz, almost a quarterback, doesn't mean much. Either you can win with him or you can't. Yeah. And it, so, go ahead. I was going to say, if you cannot win with a quarterback, then you need to move off of him. And the fact that two other teams have already moved off of him should tell you exactly what kind of quarterback he actually is. And I honestly believe if he doesn't get it right with this team, then Bryce, you're right. He's going to wind up being a, a perennial backup the rest of his career. But I would even actually, I would say he doesn't, he has to change his attitude apparently. I mean, because I don't That's think a that fits as a backup. I, I, I don't, is- based on what we've been reading recently. Now, again, we don't, we, we, None of us know him personally, but no. based on what we've been reading. I've always liked him. I've always liked him. Yeah, and again, a follower of Jesus, very outspoken about his faith. We love that. But what we've been reading about him in the locker room, to your doesn't point, Bryce, it seems impossible he could be a backup. It seems impossible. <sighs> yeah. Between it's, his, between his attitude and him not being available, because we always say, regardless of what your abilities are, your best ability is availability. And yeah. if you're not available for us to win, then you're not available, period. Yeah, no, it's tricky. But but one, la- one last thing I want to talk about is the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl, post-Super Bowl, well, the whole thing is the most fascinating. Like, this would be a 10-part documentary. Like, how in the world did Philadelphia win a Super Bowl? And how in the world, what, what, what did we figure out? Four years later? It's a new coach. It's a new quarterback. Nick Foles is nowhere to be found. We're having a, the Super Bowl winning MVP. Yeah. We can't even get a starting job anymore. A backup. We He's need, a third stringer this year. We need to do a segment at some point looking at uh, championship winning teams in sports that immediately crumbled after and went from the highest of highs to being middle of the road or bottom feeders because – the Eagles are fascinating. You're right. Oh my Super God. Bowl. Did Foles win MVP? Super Bowl yeah. MVP? Yes, he did. He was a third string quarterback for the Bears this season. Yeah. Last at one point. Third string. Uh, it's just it's what's just... happening with wins. Coaches, <laughs> players. It, it really is fascinating. They beat Brady in the playoffs. The Patriots. Yeah. Going oh, from goodness. going from Super Bowl winning Super Bowl MVP to third string in less than a couple of years. It's chaos. My it, God. And then now Peterson is down in, in Jacksonville. It's just it's just wild. That you whole know. thing and that that whole Philadelphia Eagles situation just imploded. Like the GM is uh, is the GM still there? Is, is Hausman still there? So. Is he or did, did, Howie did, Roseman? Howie Roseman. <clears throat> is he still there? Did he get bounced? You're talking no, about he hung on. He's the one that hung on. I don't I know how because he was the guy that brought both Peterson and went to the Eagles, and he still has a job. So you're, you're out your starting quarterback. You're out your head coach. That thing just imploded. 
and you want to talk about it. The Super Bowl hangover is real. That is a real thing. No, but that all of that happened, yet they were in the playoffs with a first-year head coach and a second-year quarterback in Jalen Hurts that nobody expected to be a starting quarterback. And there yeah. he was last year leading his team to, to the playoffs. They didn't play great in the playoffs. But, again, this, this the whole Eagle story is fascinating. Now, I have family up there, so I, I keep up with it probably a little bit you know, more, more closely than others, but, but it's, it's fascinating to me. Um, so, all right, we, we're trying to make this a shorter episode today. So we, I'm going to have to, <laughs> we should have known that we got to cut the mics. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I do want to get to unpack this and as, as the week ends, uh, encourage one another here. And so I want to go back to the, the topic of, of Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and, you know, this idea that before each of them, they had a choice for Rodgers, It was stay or go whether that meant stay in Green Bay or go into retirement or some of the rumors out there of going to another team. I'm not sure how true those were, but he had the decision to make, do I want to stay or go? Russell Wilson seemed like he was, you know, he had the option. He could have tried to work things out in Seattle and remain in Seattle, but ultimately he wanted to go. He wanted to go somewhere else and play for, for another team. And there are times in, in you know football for, for, our purposes today where the best answer is to stay. And I think for Aaron Rodgers, it was, it was to stay, you know, they're, they're right there in the mix game away from the super bowl and, and, you know, ride it out, figure out if you can make some tweaks and, and get it done next year uh, with Russell Wilson. It just seemed like, all right, it's time to go. The, the, the ship has sailed. It, it's not working out in Seattle. It, the timing is right to go last year. There seemed to be rumblings. It wasn't the right timing a year later. It appears to be the right timing for, for him to leave. And so how this parallels our own lives is I think oftentimes we all face pivotal moments and decisions and choices that, that really come down to remaining or going, staying or leaving. And, and we go back and forth because sometimes we, we want to uh, you know, do something different. But if we're followers of Jesus – the answer that, that God may have for us is remain. That I, I'm not done with you there yet. I, I want you to remain in this situation. And, and sometimes it means it's a difficult situation and we have to remain because he's working on our character and, and, and working on uh, growing us from the inside out. And, and then sometimes he's up to something that we can't even see yet, that there's another move to be made. We have to wait and, and, and remain until something is ready and prepared or, or he's equipping us. To, to be ready to go. Um, and then there are other times where the answer is clearly it's time to go. If we're praying about it, we're asking God for guidance to say, all right, what direction hmm. do I go? The answer is leave. And sometimes that means it's a big step of faith. And, and what also I find interesting is sometimes the, the easy route to go is stay. And sometimes the easy route is, is go, but it doesn't matter what the easy route is. It's what's the right one. What is God saying is the right path to take? And, and are we actually listening and, and willing to obey once he makes it clear one way or the other? And so, again, sometimes the answer is stay. Sometimes the answer is go. But ultimately, we want to do what, what God is, is clearly speaking to us. However, God speaks to us personally. He does it, he does it differently, ultimately through his word, through the Holy Spirit. But sometimes that, that sometimes it's somebody confirming it. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, with a lot of wise counsel, prayer, worship, 
a lot of different ways God, God speaks. Uh, but ultimately, Psalm 32.8 tells us, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. And, and I, I always like in, in James where it says, if, if we lack wisdom, we need to ask God for wisdom. And he gives generously uh, without rebuke or blame. And, and it will be given to us. So if we need wisdom to make, a, to, to make a decision, whether to stay or go, God will give us the wisdom. We just have to listen. And then we have to obey. Um, and then let's see, last thing. Um, yeah, ultimately we, we have the Holy Spirit. So, so if we've you know, given our life to Jesus and, and he has taken over, we get the, we get the Holy Spirit. And, and so the, the interesting thing, when Jesus left, he said, I, I've got to leave because that's what's best because then, then you get the Holy Spirit. And, and so he had to leave in order for us to get the Holy Spirit. And now we have the Holy Spirit that, that guides us into those uh, decisions. So you can unpack that. I know a lot of people wrestle with that at, at different times uh, in life, but, but ultimately we got to go to the Lord. And we'll get that answer that we're looking for. Yep. Um, no, I, I love, I think it's important to always remind ourselves how we even hear from God. And it's primarily through his word through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, by, have, by us having the Spirit, we're actually able to understand God's Word. And the Spirit illumines our minds, opens our eyes to the truths of what God has revealed. And all this happens through God's people as well. It, it, is, it is often foolish to make decisions by ourselves. Now, that does not mean the Holy Spirit isn't good enough or anything like that. But it's important to seek out wise counsel for the people of God and our local churches and our community groups, our close friendships to speak in to, should we remain? Should we go? Uh, I also think related to this is a, is something I I've thought about. And it's when we're in circumstances, when we feel like we don't know what God's leading us to do, but we still need to make a decision. So practically, this comes up all the time. I experience this, and then this comes up all the time for um, older uh, couples that Madeline and I know who have kids trying to make a decision about college. And the decision is, or the thought process that a lot of seniors in high school uh, wrestle with, which is what I wrestled with, is if I pick the wrong college, my life's over. <laughs> and God, where should I go to college? And it's it becomes a decision of right or wrong. But sometimes... Sometimes where God is leading us is just make a decision. Like we obviously we seek God through prayer, through His Word, through God's people, but it's not always where we do that and then God gives us a clear answer. Sometimes it's take a step of faith. I'm going to be faithful in in either of these options. Like if you're choosing, I think of other examples: choosing between a job. Uh, choosing, yeah, choosing between what school to go to, when it's not a matter of, uh, it's not a matter of, oh, this is sin and this is not sin. But when there's two good options, sometimes it's through seeking God. It's make a decision and trust me that I'm going to be faithful in that direction. And I think those are really difficult situations because we wish God just tell me, give me an obvious answer, have someone speak to me, uh, show me an obvious answer in your word. Sometimes it's, there's no obvious, and either decision God's going to be faithful in and we can be faithful in. It's just taking that step of faith 
without an answer, a clear answer. And I think, I think though, I, I would love your, your opinion, your perspective on that, because I think those are really difficult. So I'm probably on the other side of that. And, and this, is, and this is something that I, I, I maybe wrestle with it. People have different thoughts on it. I, I'm on the side that God makes it clear that, so I, I, I only applied to one college. I knew where God wanted me to go. And so I applied there and, you know, I, I knew that I knew that Jody was supposed to be my wife. Like it became very clear. I, I remember the, I remember the wrestling, uh, I like woke up and, and, and real and God gave me the confirmation that she was, she was the one. Um, and there was, uh, yeah, I mean, confirmation to, to start unpacking it and, and, and along the way. So, um, there have been times where, no, I've got to remain. And there have been times, no, you got to go. You got to step out in faith. And so I, I believe that, that he, he provides that, that clarity if we really, really seek him. I, I think sometimes when we don't get the clarity, he, we're, not, we're not listening or maybe there's previous sin or I, I don't know. That, to me, there's, there's something there. Um, because like the verses I said, in, in James 1, this is the amplified version, if any of you lacks wisdom to guide him through a decision or circumstance, he is to ask of our benevolent God who gives to everyone generously and without rebuke or blame, and it will be given to him. So if we're seeking him and asking him for wisdom in a decision, he's going to give it to us. And, and I do think that, I think to your point that sometimes maybe things are pretty even. Like if I went to another college, could I still have had a great experience and, and God still worked in my life? Absolutely. But, but App State was the best spot for me. And God showed up in amazing ways while at App State. And I had no idea they were going to win three championships, beat Michigan, rise to the, the top of the you know, college football rel- relevancy, uh, and all the Christian friends that I met there. Um, so anyway, so I, it's like, yeah, I mean, that, that, so I'm not, I guess I'm disagreeing with you, um, but I think there's room for, for debate on this topic, I guess. Yeah, no, I no, I I really do appreciate your perspective because um, it, it's a it's a it's a fascinating topic um, because I think if we're all honest, there are times where the answer isn't clear, and we've made decisions when an answer isn't clear, and I definitely agree that some of those times is because we're not seeking God, we're seeking self or their sin, or we're doing it by ourselves, or we're not even actually seeking God at all. In my, from my experience or perspective, I think, I think God does answer. I think his answer sometimes is, trust me, and both are good options. Trust me, I'm going to be faithful in either of these. I think sometimes that can be an answer on, I'm not going to give you go to this place, but you have two options here and you need to trust me that I'm going to work and I need to take a step of faith and trust me, not necessarily knowing like, uh, you have to go here or else type of thing. That's just kind of, does that, that make sense? I'm trying to bring that perspective. Cause again, I, I, the, the college thing for you, I don't doubt that God made it obvious to you for, for app state. For me, I was deciding between Texas A&M and Baylor, and as I was seeking and praying through that, both had so many pros, and what I was uh, experiencing uh, 
the spirit of God kind of communicating to me was, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to be faithful to you, whichever school you go to. And I need you to trust me that whatever decision you make, it's not the end all be all that if you choose one school, there's no wrong school to choose. So in, in that type of circumstance, I'm kind of bringing my perspective on that's kind of the angle I'm going with there. Yeah. And the, well, with that, I would go back to Romans eight twenty eight, where God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So he's going to work things out, too. And so there's so much grace that we rest in. And so, yeah, if we if we miss the the direction and, and we didn't seek him in a certain decision, he can redeem that and he can he can work things out for us. Um, so I trust him in that. So, yeah, it doesn't mean that I've made every right decision by any means. Um but but I think when I'm really diligently seeking him on key decisions that are life altering decisions, especially uh, that he's he's shown up and has made it very clear for me. Yeah. Um, and and you know if we want to be spirit led, then you know hey I want, I want to live according to the spirit. Well, if the spirit is guiding us, he's going to guide us on the right pathway for for life, God's yeah. best way. Um, and. Yeah. No, and, and God wants to communicate his will to us. He wants to give us wisdom. Uh, it's not like we're begging God, yeah, no, I'll give you some wisdom. It's He wants us, ultimately, our sanctification process is is making our desires more God's desires. Like, I want to want what God wants more than what I want. Yep. And as I grow closer uh, to God, as I become more like Jesus— God's communicating his wisdom and I, I'm, I'm desiring his will more. And in order to desire his will, God has to make his will clear. So I a hundred percent agree with you that God wants to reveal that to us. Um, that's a no brainer to me. Like there's no, there's no guessing game necessarily on I'm seeking God's will and it's, oh, I wonder if God's going to answer at all. Like he's going to answer, and he's going to get. He's going to answer in a way that gives you confidence to take a step forward. I just think how we define that answer is is kind of nuanced. Mm. I think it's not always a clear yes or a clear no. I think it definitely can be and has and has been in my life and in your life. I think sometimes the answer is keep going and trust me, or uh, take take the next known step. I think is is key too. Yeah. Um, that maybe hasn't revealed the full the full plan, and, and so we just got to take one step of faith at a time. Um, that that's part of it. But but yeah, I mean, this whole topic was go or stay, and if to me, he'll make it clear if it's if this is the, I'm not ready to move you on yet when it comes to a, a job or a neighborhood or a church. You know, um, sometimes God's asking you to stay at that church a little bit longer. He's not done with you there. He's got, he wants you to serve at that church, or he may say, no, it's time to go. And, and you get that prompting mm-hmm. to go to another church and serve, not just go because you like the coffee better. You know, it's like, no, God <laughs> led me somewhere else because he, he wants to use me here. And he's got, he wants to use my specific gifts at this different church in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, then I got to be obedient to that. So this is a big topic. Um, 
uh, yeah, we could we could discuss it all day, but we'll we'll leave it there. For those of you listening, would be curious your thoughts, your questions. Um, kind of heard a couple different different thoughts on this. Go or stay. Um, Psalm thirty two eight again. The Lord says, "I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you." So that's that's very encouraging and, and hopeful. So we just got to continue to seek Him and, and chase after Him with all of our heart. Um, that's the key. Well, we'll end it there. Uh, great stuff. Enjoyed the conversation on this Friday. Hopefully, uh, you can enjoy this podcast over the weekend and we will be back with you on Monday to talk brackets. Get ready. We'll, we'll be filling out brackets, uh, part of the, the unpacking it March madness bracket challenge. So, uh, be looking out for that. Uh, Henry, great job. Appreciate you, your thoughts behind the scenes that, uh, not everybody gets to see, but, but we saw them. So thank you. Um, thanks to Luke. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day and weekend. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.